Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, babe, what you got there? This is a check from Carvana. I just sold my car to them. I went online and Carvana gave me an offer right away. Then they just picked up the car and gave me this. Well, it's a big check. Well, obviously you could put this towards your next car, or we could finally get that jacuzzi, or I could start taking tuba lessons, or I could quit my job and write my memoir. Or I can put it towards my next car with Carvana. Sorry, your check, not mine. Sell your car to Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get a real offer in seconds. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly to learn more. What's up, everybody? Hey! We are, we're recording our podcast, but instead of sitting in our various houses... We're sitting here in the lot at Dick's. Can you believe it? Can you believe we made it here? I can't. Hey, thank you guys for coming. Um, I'm RJ. I'm here with Brian. Hi, Brian. Hello, RJ. I'm here with Brad. Hi, friend. Tom Marshall. Hey, everybody. We have an amazing hour of entertainment for you all. If you're listening at home, it means that you weren't here for Dick's, which we, we're sad for you. But those of you who are standing here, thank you guys for coming. Um, Brian, can you tell everyone a little bit about what's going to happen over the next hour? Absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for coming. This is super awesome to uh, be hanging out with you all here and hanging out with my friends. This is, this is incredible. Uh, we're going to be doing a couple segments here today. We're going to talk to a few of our friends who have uh, great knowledge about what has been going on on stage over the last couple of weeks in this phenomenal fish tour. We are also going to bring on the head writer for Undermine to talk a bit about season two, which should be fantastic. We have a musical diversion. We've got an incredible new project between The Dude of Life and Andy Greenberg that we're excited to have you all here. Woohoo! Talk to them a little bit about that. Woo! And then we are going to cap this off before we send you into Dick's with 
the winner of the Shift Genuine Cannabis Contest to send two people to Las Vegas for Fish's October 30th and 31st shows. Very, very excited about that. So stick around. It may be you. It may, I, I don't think it will be you. I don't think it's going to be me. Uh, no, no. Maybe it could be, be Brad. Be, could be you. Hey, this guy. Um, I want to say quickly thank you to Brian and the whole Shift Cannabis team. This is amazing. What an amazing summer tour we've had. Thanks to you guys and thanks to Fish, of course. But thanks to the Shift team for setting this up and getting us to hang out here. Let's, let's start with a little bit of the podcast version, which if you like hearing dudes talking about Fish, this is for you. Um, I, I personally haven't been here since 2014. Um, Brian, you live here. What, what, what's your dick's experience been like? And uh, how's it been so far this weekend? It's been great. This is my favorite venue to see fish in. Uh, I joke around about it, but it's somewhat true. I think 85% of the reason my wife and I moved to Denver was for this very weekend. We have great <laughs> friends in town. They're hanging out right here. We, we throw down, have a great couple of evenings back at the house, come and see fish. I have really enjoyed all of the uh, improvisation this weekend. The Everything's right last night. It was a little bit too good. I don't know. I, I, had, I had a few moments during that last night. It was incredible. Uh, got to hang out with these dudes during the show. It was, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited for Sunday night tour finale, and everybody knows what happens on a Sunday. Brad, we were hanging out the last two nights. What have your, what have your thoughts been? Yes, first, thanks, Brian. You set up, I mean, posted up early and allowed me to get in late, and it was incredible <laughs> to uh, have a spot, which is awesome, but... I've been we coming since 13. I haven't made every run since 2013, but um, it only gets better. And I, I love it here at Dick's, and um, I'm excited to do some more. Brad, can you, can you just please show the, – the listeners at home won't be able to see your shoes, but I just want everyone to be able to see your kicks because these are, I think, the best kicks at Dick's. Can you, can, you you show, know, can you show them to us? Before I show them, Mike has these kicks. Mike's, and Mike, I had them before, Mike, just for, so everybody can tell. But um, they're the blue Gatorade. Yeah, yeah. Thomas. Hey, uh, I have to say over and over again, every single show on this tour so far in 4.0, John Fishman is the standout MVP, and he kicked ass last night again. Um, that incredible undermine, and it made me realize they did the exact same thing the night before with Vultures. They gave him a lot of space to play, and I'm just hoping that happens again tonight. Love you, John. Tom, how many times have you, have you missed a Dick's run? Oh, I've missed a lot. <laughs> oh, shit. Never yeah. mind. Scratch that from the record. Okay. I came here we'll uh, edit that out. 2017 and 2018 and now. And uh, I missed the uh, groundhog bubonic plague thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, my favorite Dick's show, I would definitely say, would be uh, Night One 2017. It's a good one. Deep, deep jams and stuff. And I'm two. hoping that maybe, you know, looking back and listening back to these three, maybe we, it can rival that. We'll see. Brad, but, do, uh, you have a, do you have a favorite show from Dick's? Years past? Um, you know, RJ and I had the simple from 14. What was that, Night Two? Uh, night one, and yeah. yeah, night night one, 2014. RJ's last dicks, your first dicks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I've provided RJ all his dicks. It's true. Yeah. Thank you, Brad. Yeah. Brian, what about you? Uh, my first dick show was August 31st, 2012, and it's a pretty good one. I've been chasing that show ever since. It was it was amazing. The fuck your face show. Uh, my brother-in-law, who's somewhere around here, texted me at set break. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> And I was like, it was a good set. I don't know what you're yelling at me for. And then I looked back at the set list, and I was like, oh, my God, I, I get it now. So uh, <laughs> just an amazing show. Uh, but but I've, I've, I've enjoyed 2018, 2017. Night ones were great as well. These, these shows haven't spelled anything. No, not, nothing yet. We're Jams. still working on the code. Jams. There's a code to it, but we're still, we're still working it out. Um, Brian, should we bring a guest in to, to help? to help us run through some of this? Yeah, I think that uh, we should bring our first guest in, Ryan from Trey's Guitar Rig. Are you around here, Ryan? There he What's is. What's up, Ryan? Ryan, how Hi. are you? Good, guys. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Thank you for hanging out, man. Happy dicks. Happy dicks. We love dicks, don't we? You got it. So, Ryan, we talked after, I believe it was the Alpharetta, the second night of Alpharetta. You and I talked on uh, HF Pod Live. Right. And you did an amazing breakdown of what was going on 
just on stage, what was happening with Trey's new rig, what was going on with Paige's uh, shifting around, like the Wurlitzer, the Moog One. Tell me kind of what your thoughts have been on the tour since then, coming off of that massive tweezer jam. So it's been, yeah, it's been great. It's been pretty, a little bit less dynamic, I think, than usual. I think in previous tours, Trey's rig is often kind of defined by the changes that happen night by night. And it has seemed to me anyway that so far this tour has been pretty consistent. And I think that kind of speaks to a feeling that things are pretty well dialed in the way they are. Um, in terms of the technology, it hasn't changed a ton since the beginning of the tour, except that um, at the Hershey shows, there were some changes where uh, they added a Boss SY1 synthesizer that has been a really standout MVP pedal for the last couple of weeks, has been used really consistently pretty much every night in pretty much any of the jams that are getting outside the 10 to 15 minute range. You're definitely hearing that. And uh, they also added, uh, Trey added a, uh, a vintage Mutron that replaced um, the newer production Mike Bagel Mutron that he's had for a couple of years. And it's a pretty cool story. I spoke to the, um, to the folks who provided the pedal a couple of weeks ago, and uh, apparently it was, um, it was provided by a, a longtime fish fan who was a big-time gear collector um, and collected a lot of you know, Trey-inspired gear and gear inspired by a lot of other players, and he unfortunately passed away from COVID last year. Oh, my God. And uh, in, an, in an effort to kind of move along and liquidate some of the items from his estate and his guitar collection, they were able to connect with uh, some people inside the band and got him this vintage pedal. So kind of Trey inspired this guy to buy this pedal, and then a couple of years later, he gave it, you know, passed it along to Trey, who's now playing it on stage in front of all these fish fans, which is a, a really cool story. Yeah. It's incredible. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Yeah, so uh, Tom just asked about the Jedi, the Jedi effect. So I have to say, the Jedi pedal is still a bit of a mystery. Um, it caused a <laughs> as lot it of... should be. Yeah, as it should be. It caused a lot of interest when it first appeared. I managed to, to snag a picture of the of the pedal board and it just there's one word on top of pedal just said jedi and i said that's got to be something important and then we spotted an expression pedal which is something that you use to usually change volume or change modulation and it says jedi on it too we haven't exactly figured out what it does yet trey is doing a rig rundown this weekend during the webcasts that they filmed when they were at shoreline and uh, he explained basically the first half and the tone stack last night. I watched it this morning. And I'm hoping they're going to tell us, he's going to tell us what the Jedi pedal does tonight. We have some guesses. There's a lot of these really intense synthesizer sounds happening from the guitar right now that I think everybody's taken note of. So I kind of suspected it was that, but honestly, it's anybody's guess. I look forward to tonight. I will definitely be updating tomorrow when we know. One question I was thinking about last night during the, the Everything's Right in particular you know, coming out of our conversation, we talked a, a lot about the changing uh, rigs on like a tour-to-tour -tour basis and the changing effects and the changing technology. And sometimes it doesn't work. And sometimes it takes a few shows or it takes a tour for them to like figure out a way to make this new technology work. And so you'll hear things come into the fold and then they'll leave. And, you know, sometimes it impacts the jamming and it's, they're not as, you know, hooked up. It feels as though whatever they're playing with technology-wise right now, uh, and that is my non-musician's way of using a, a widespread term of all this. But, you know, it seems like whatever they're, they're bringing into their new rigs, their new setup, is just working sonically. Is there something about what they've incorporated in this tour that is actually helping the jams? Or, or do you think it's something else? You know, it's... There's a lot of really complicated new stuff added to the guitar rig this year. In fact, like for the first time that I've ever seen, Trey has preset banks on the floor in front of him where he can like scroll through presets and like menu dive on these pedals, which you would think would honestly make it really difficult and present a lot of opportunities for things to go haywire. But I don't know if he's just been working on it for a long time or practicing with it for a long time, but the... The equipment does not seem to be getting in the way, which is always what you want, right? You sure. want just like it to be an extension of your body so that you know where everything goes, you know exactly where your foot needs to go, and it seems like that's where they've got it now. Yeah. So when you say uh, the many changes or the dives, does that mean there's more than one change with just a touch of a button for Trey? Yeah, so for example, like this Line 6 M5 Stompbox modeler that he's using that's brand new to this tour, he has two of them. 
This thing has 25 different effects on board, including like that growling sound that people are hearing a lot of that sounds really cool. Also something that people have dubbed the funk frog that kind of sounds like a saxophone or like a frog on Stevie Wonder or something, you know, like a really <laughs> funky kind of square wave sound. All that stuff is coming from this one pedal. And so he has, he has all these like scenes stay, saved in there that he can go back to and kind of scroll through one at a time and pick the one he wants. Ryan, I want to be mindful of everyone out here standing in the sun, and we're not sitting in the sun. So thank you guys for coming, and it's really hot. So we're going to keep things moving, but I have one more question. Do you? Th we were talking about this on the way over. Do you think the lack of like the the kind of go-to bliss peak jams is a conscious effort, or like we haven't seen them as often as we've seen them in previous tours? Do you think that has anything to do with intention, or do you think that's just like how the sound has evolved this tour? The thing that I've been thinking about a lot this tour is you're always thinking about when you're seeing fish how like harmonic motion and melodic motion can drive jams into different places. This tour, what I've been thinking about a lot, obviously like I'm a gearhead, so this is kind of like my wheelhouse, but the way that timbre can drive jams. So like what an instrument physically sounds like when you have like Everyone else in the band, Paige has a synthesizer, the bass can always sound somewhat synth-like, and then drums can sound pretty techy too. So like the electric guitar has always been the thing that grounds it your ear a little bit, where you're listening, you're like, oh yeah, this is a rock and roll band. There's an electric guitar, this is a rock and roll band. But when Trey starts playing the like bleep blorp synthesizer sounds, then all of a sudden like it immediately seems to push Paige over to the Moog, and he starts playing the synthesizer sounds, and then Fishman seems to be thinking like industrial, electronic, like really gritty, gnarly, dirty sounds. So instead of like peak bliss, you're getting these really dissonant, really chaotic, super intense, kind of electronic, industrially kind of jams that are like right in my sweet spot. So I've been very happy. Me too. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Thank you for that. Um, all right. Ryan, thank you for joining. We could do this for two hours, but I feel like for thank everyone you in the sun, we shouldn't. Appreciate thank you, Ryan. Thank, thank you, you so guys much, Ryan. Thanks. Check out Trey's Guitar Trey's Rig. Guitar Rig. Thanks, guys. Appreciate thank you. Thank you, guys. Ryan from Trey'sGuitarRig.com. Teach you anything you want to know about the rig and the current status of it. Thank you, Ryan. All right, we're going to bring on our second guest here. This is a very special person who has been on the phone with me for hours and hours and hours over the last few months as we've been working on Undermine Season 2, Mr. Benji Eisen. Woo! Hi, Benji. Hi, guys. Welcome, Benji. Benji. how are you? It's, I'm doing great. I mean, it's Sunday at Dips. What could be better? Wearing my, my white for surrender because it's Sunday and we're at Dips, last day of the summer. I, you know, and I surrendered to, to, not to the flow, but to those guys. There you go. There you go. I'm going to run like this anyway. Well, Benji, uh, this is your fifth show of tour. Is that correct? You saw Shoreline yes. and Dix? Yep. What have your thoughts been on the tour so far? Well, my very first thought, Shoreline Night One, um, which was my first show back after, I mean, I had done other shows, but uh, my first fish show back after the lockdown and all that. And I had watched, of course, every single note of the entire tour to the live streams. And I got to a point where I convinced myself that, you know, the live streams are just as good as seeing it live because, uh, you know, I don't have any chompers talking my ears, you know, like talking behind me. There's no, there's no lines. Everything, like, it's perfect. I have the best view. I get to shoreline and all that went out the window, <laughs> you know. Uh, I mean, it helps, it helps that, 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 you know, Colonel Forbin was the second song in and I was right into it. I was like, this is the best thing ever. You know, for the 350th whatever time. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And you got some pretty good jams at, the, uh, at Shoreline. Yeah, I thought, I mean, I, I understand attendance bias and recency bias, and, I, and they're, they're real. But I think that Shoreline, for me, were, were the shows of the tour. But there have been so many shows of the tour that it's, uh, that I don't know. I mean, I think the whole tour has been the show of the tour. Deer Creek Night 1. Deer Creek Night 1, Nashville, the set 2 of Night 2, Nashville. Um, and, uh, you know, as we talked about before, it, it seems like there's been this trajectory where every run, every new stop, you know, whether it's one night in a place or three nights in a place, every run has that show. And so it started off, you know, at Alpharetta, Pelham arguably first because of the Creaney, but then, then it went to Alpharetta and there was, that, there was that tweezer. And then from there, it went to Nashville and there was that second night, then first night Deer Creek, then second night of Hershey. 
And then uh, after that, well, w what happened after after that? Atlanta at City night three. Yeah. And then Shoreline. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and yeah. so then Dits night three. You know. When you're when you're thinking about this tour, I know we're 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 not to the end of it at this point in time, but we have some reflection. Are there any? larger themes that you that come to mind when you think about this tour uh, absolutely it's business casual i think that uh 4.0 4 to me has been all about business casual jams and i i didn't realize it until i think watching atlantic city they were in front of a sea of people and you know old trey would have been like you know just very you could, you would be able to see the tenseness in, in his in his body as he as he walks around the stage acting like a rock star you know, and instead, he was as relaxed as if he was going to his fridge to get a nice tea. You know, like, it was, like, almost, like, intense. It was just so relaxed that it just came across. And then you hear the intensity. And, and as uh, the Trey's guitar rig guy just said, you know, timbre. It's a lot. Having, using the line sips and using these synthesizer sounds, the band can get really intense and at the same time not be playing that storm of that, that you know cascading note storm that they do and so that's been that to me has been the hallmark it's been business casual you know uh, e breezy but not easy you know? I think I heard that a lot in the gorge there was a lot of like you know they're sitting back and and, and it, not like not creative but just kind of taking their time and the gorge is a great example of that because to, to me the gorge always had there's that gorge fish sound that's always so breezy and so wide open yeah. that to me there's like a, a very signature sound that they have at the gorge. And I think that, that 4.0 lends itself to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. We're going to get to music in a second. Benji, uh, you, you've done us the huge honor of coming onto the Undermine team for season two, which it premieres in three days, um, which is amazing. Have you made it yet? What? Have you made it? Oh, I thought you were making it. Oh, shh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it gotta, starts in three days. I have some edits. I got to check my <laughs> A nice shirt. Yeah, really nice shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, well, okay. We'll talk about that another time. Benji, <clears throat> this season of the Undermine is about all these people here. It's about the fish community. You came into this knowing a lot about fish and a lot about the fish community. What, what's been like surprising or what have you learned or what are you excited for people to hear about this season? Well, there's been a few things. I, I think to me, when, when Tom called me up and we started talking about, about it and, and before I knew what this season was about, I thought, well, you know, like writing about fish, I've done that for, you know, 28 years or something like that. And, uh, you know, I, I reviewed them for, for Rolling Stone. You know, just the list goes on and on and on. So I thought, well, this is, this is great. It's a perfect match. And then when I found out it was about the fish community, I'm like... I've written about the band for 28 years, you know, but, uh, but as far as the community, but then when I saw the list of interviewees, it was all people that, you know, I, I think, Tom, you know, on Under the Scales that we did uh, years ago now, you asked me, you said, does everybody that know, that's been to over 300 shows, do they all know each other? Yeah. And I, I, I forget what my answer was, but I, I think it was like by default or like you recognize, but then when I saw the list of the 100 plus people that everyone interviewed on, on the team for, for this season, and I realized how many of them are good friends of mine, and then how many of them are acquaintances of mine. I think it's all, you know, it's a very large, they say it's a small world, I don't think that. I think it's a huge world. It's a small parking lot. <laughs> We've done uh, over 100 interviews, and when I say we, I mean the team, because I didn't really participate. Brian led us through this whole process, and now in three days, y'all will hear episode one, and Benji wrote all of it, um, and Benji, you did an awesome job. I laughed, I cried, literally, um, in all of them. So thank you for all of your amazing work. Oh, thanks for having me. It feels great to be on thanks, this team. Thanks, Benji. Yeah. Thank you, amazing. Benji. And thank you for joining us. Um, Thomas, should we, should we uh, do... Should and also, you know, I never got to tell you, but I really have always been a fan of your... You wrote Cars, Trucks, and Buses, right? The lyrics? Yes. <laughs> I love those lyrics. <laughs> Which ones in particular? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. It's what, 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 what you fitzy? All right. Everyone's mooning. Thanks again for standing out in the sun and in the heat and waiting through a couple of people talking about cool stuff. Very knowledgeable fish people, all part of Osiris and the new Undermine season, which is starting in three days. So we're very lucky to have people like Benji and Ryan contribute to that. And uh, so many of you who have interviewed as well. So we're really looking forward to, uh, you know, that release. It's been a lot of work. All these people have been working their butts off. But over to my left here, I'm really honored. We're very honored to have musical guests. And um, 
The first one needs no introduction. His name is Steve Pollack, the dude of life. So, so Steve, tell us a tiny bit about you know, the Dude of Life band, and then we'll, we'll merge it into what you're doing with Andy. But what are you guys up to these days? Yeah, so first of all, I just want to say, it has been so amazing coming out here again. This is the most, one of the most magical places. My brother lives in Boulder, but there's a certain energy that happens at Dick's with all of you, and I'm so grateful to all of you for making it happen. But uh, Dude of Life band, we've been together two years now, and it's been so much fun. And we're just, it's the real thing. We're just making music because we love it and we're having a blast and come on out and support us and hope you dig the songs there's a lot of original stuff steve i have to ask you it seems like you're the first member of the fish extended family to take the plunge into cryptocurrency what's that all about yeah so so this is uh this is really exciting as as, and as you mentioned that you notice the winds are picking up and these winds of greatness no it's wild this thing's the crypto coin called Dude Coin started a week ago at one cent. It's already at 45 cents. So, what about that? All right. Dude Coin. All right. Now, to Steve's left is the amazing Andy Greenberg. Stand up, Andy. So, anyone on the uh, East Coast definitely knows the premier fish tribute band, Runaway Gin, led by Andy. We love you, you, Andy. Yeah. Thank you. I love you guys. Thank you so much. All of you. So Andy and Steve have a collaboration project called Space Armadillo. And and they just got done with a world tour. We had a world tour down in South Carolina. It consisted of one show, but it was a world tour. We were very economical. The whole world tour in one show. In Charleston. In Charleston. And then they, asked me, then they asked me if I could help them write a song, or actually it was the other way around. But the three of us wrote a song, and we haven't really practiced it, but we might try it soon. But first, you guys want to play one, a song that you actually do, do know? Sure. Now, in case you didn't know, the name of this first tune is called In Case You Didn't Know. Tom, you think you can help us out on the high harmonies here? It's a really, really high harmony, but we're in the right tent for that. You got this, you got this. It sure is, Panama Red. <laughs> that's, that's a good job. Hot job.
how we swim through rough seas unknown Somehow we wound up here Careful where you fear Keep moving on the slide We'll reach the top, at least we'll try We'll try Tom, you sounded awesome on that. Oh, thank you very much. You must, you got really high. <laughs> it must have been Shift, Genuine Cannabis. Hey, Andy, before we, <coughs> before we venture into the next song, tell us a tiny bit about your band. You sort of reformed after COVID, right? You have a whole new thing starting with Runaway Gin. Yeah, well, our keyboard player unfortunately passed away before COVID, and so we have a new keyboard player from 2020. Fitzy, we miss you, man. Everybody knows Fitz. It's good. Oh, shit. It was such a loss. But anyway, um, and then uh, we have a new bass player and uh, drummer that are joining us for our next show, which is next weekend in Charleston, South Carolina, if anybody's around, September 11th. Um, and uh, it's going to be really interesting. It's gonna, The jams are going to be a lot longer. We've got a bass player who's basically a jazz prodigy. He's like, I think he's like 23 years old. He's from France. And it feels like playing in a band with Jaco, like it's crazy. And he's just like out. And then we've got a drummer who comes from um, an R&B rock packer. So there's a lot of different musical elements that are going to be introduced into into the into the fish uh, world of of music that we play that we haven't really touched on before, which is going to be really exciting and interesting and more original probably. We're excited for that, Andy. That's awesome. Yeah, R Runaway Gin. See him when you can. Run away, Jen. And also see Space Armadillo, and they might be playing this song if people like it. And this is the first time it's ever been heard, including by us. Debut. Yeah, Tom just made this up while we were uh, tuning our guitars 30 seconds ago. Alter history is really not a mystery. First you make a wild claim, and then you say that I'm to blame. Protests always come too late, by then your friends have sealed your fate. By trumpeting the outright lie, with nothing like a how or why. Someday the sun shall shine, the shadows force to roam. Shines all the clouds away, shine on our happy home. Someday the sun shall shine, the shadows force to roam. Chase all the clouds away and lead us home. And when the masses follow suit, the lie becomes the newfound truth. You find yourself, to your surprise, imprisoned in a web of lies. A foggy patch of memory, a sullen swath of history. Once you open up the door, you're shackled to what came before. Why do you do this? Must you do this? Someday the sun shall rise, the sail is forced to roam. 
chase all the clouds away, shine on our happy home. Someday the sun shall rise, the shadows forced to roam. Chase all the clouds away and lead us home. It's perfectly misconstrued. That's our story, we're sticking to it. Sometimes a little lie works like Vaseline. Gets us out of a jam, if you know what I mean. Change the landscape into the view. Bend the truth with a lie to too. Cover it up with a few more fibs and deny it all. When they ask what we did. Thanks so much, you guys. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tommy. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, dude. Love you guys. And now a word from our friends at Shift Genuine Cannabis. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Wait, you know, I'm going to give you one little piece of trivia. Because they played a beautiful yam last night, and it reminded me, and I swear on my life this is true, back in 84, Trey and I were, we had a little something to smoke, we were laughing a lot, and... We were joking with each other, thinking of different things you say, like when you stub your toe, like, God, boy, man, God, shit. And that's where it came from. If you were wondering, it's all what you say when you stub your toe. That's it. <laughs> now you know. Thanks. There's no better place to reveal fish trivia than on the Undermine set. Thank you for that. By the way, thank you to the dude, and thank you to Andy Greenberg. <laughs> thank you. That was awesome. All right, we are going to bring a very good friend up on stage here. The one, the only, Scott Marks, at Biz Archive on Twitter. This is Biz Archive. He's the one who live tweets all the information about every single song, so when you don't know what jam it is or what's going on, Scott's the one that tells you. Hi, Scott. Hello. I, I learned something new from Scott uh, every day on Twitter, so this is awesome. How are you doing, man? Doing well, man. It's great to be here. I think, oh. Tom, I think you buried the lead. If you have an argument about a tease or a segue, you tell Scott. You he fields... <laughs> will, you be, will you be fielding a Q&A after this? Is that what's happening? No, I'm just joking. Yeah. Um, right over by the gate, uh, F. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, tell us this... Okay, sorry, I have to do this first. How many songs have been played? How, how does that compare in your mind to other tours? Like, how do you feel about the song selection so far this tour vis-a-vis, -vis, like, how the whole tour has evolved? I got to talk really close to the mic. Good, Tom? Okay. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, 
So we're, we're at 204 songs through last night, which is, uh, I think, the third most in band history. And we still have a lot of shows left with uh, a full fall tour and uh, Halloween and uh, New Year's. Um, what, are they, what are they covering for Halloween, Scott? <laughs> uh, I, I think based on the fact that Paige had a, uh, the shirt with the, the monkeys on it and uh, Trey had the hoodie with the cat, it's uh, going to be animals by Pink Floyd. Well, so I, you, you I, heard it here first and uh, I, I, I probably, actually, probably I, last. I actually have a question about that. It's a statement followed by a question. So, Scott, as you know, <laughs> uh, well, as, as you know, so this tour has been defined, 4.0 we've been calling it so far, has been defined a lot by the band's new... Uh, it, new toys, right? And by Trey's, uh, the line sits, the synthesizer effect, as we were just talking about. Yeah. And, and all of them, they have these new toys. And Fishman on uh, Sirius XM said that when they were rehearsing for this tour, that they were actually looking ahead to the fall, almost hinting that the band has already rehearsed and learn some Halloween stuff. So then um, when Ryan from Trey's Guitar Rig was just talking right now, he said, you know, with these new sounds, they can kind of be like an electronic band. I'm wondering how much of Halloween is influencing the, so the, the sound that we're hearing right now, and are they maybe teasing or, or at least experimenting with the, so with the sounds that we're going to hear from a Halloween album? It's hard to tell. I feel like past Halloweens have influenced the band afterwards uh, with Remain exactly in Light right. in 1996. Yeah. That's uh, so my, my, my question is, is this the inverse? I, I think yeah. time will tell. It's hard, hard, to, hard to guess right now. But, but, but specula speculatively. I'm going to say no. If, you, if you're going to hold me to a yes or no, I'm going to say no. <laughs> I say yes. <laughs> All right. So I'll meet you I, back here November 1st. <laughs> let's do it. I, I have a question for you. So 204 songs. You said this is the third most in Fish history. The idea of more songs tends to lead to less jamming, but the jamming has been so fantastic throughout this tour. Do you think that this is a band that's just inspired by playing with each other and then they're just playing, they're, they have 200 plus songs that are played this tour as a result of the quantity of songs they have returning you know, after a year and a half off? Or where do you think that mix lies? Well, I mean, 2017 had... Uh, was the record holder for songs and you had a, a ton of 20-minute jams in the Baker's Dozen, so it doesn't completely correlate, but um, I, I think I think it, it doesn't take much to just add a song to the, the rotation of the set list, and you know, they've just been, it's been one of the the bigger years since the band got back together in 2009 uh, for, for jams. Uh, you look, it's been 12 this summer, and I think you're, you're looking at 2017, and then 2.0 and 1.0 for for years that have had this many long jams. I mean, long jams don't necessarily mean it's going to be a great one. You got plenty of stuff like pipers that that go out uh, out to like a different realm really quick that are 10, 12 minutes long. But it's it's kind of nice to see the band having a, a chance to to build on ideas and see where they go. You take a Soul Planet from. Shoreline One, where I think it really took after took off after 30 minutes. Fish started to pick up the tempo in the last 15, 16 minutes. Is some of the best fish you're going to hear of any era. Uh, it was fantastic. Scott, you are one of the great students and teachers of fish. I think you, we learn a lot from you, and you study it more than almost anyone. And actually, the first live event we ever did was in 2017 at American Beauty, and you were one of our guests along with the distinguished Tom Marshall. And we appreciate that. It's been a long time since then. Do you have a favorite moment of this tour so far? Uh, I think Deer Creek Night 1 uh, was when I, I did Arkansas and then jumped off tour for a bunch. And then uh, I, I've had family in Indiana for 20 years, and it feels like a hometown show at Deer Creek. And that second set with the blaze on and, and the simple um, was, was vintage fish. Uh, just fantastic. Um, and so the, the Shoreline shows, uh, where people are saying that they're the it was the best two night run since back '04, and I can't argue with that. Um, there, there's been highlights across the board every night, uh, and everyone has their own highlights. It's 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 been an embarrassment of riches this summer. What I guess I just want to like the last question is, what do you expect from this band over the next like six months? I mean, do you expect this co to continue in the same direction? Uh, do you have any expectations at this point? 
I learned years ago not to have any expectations at all. Um, Thank you. Go into each show with no idea what's going to happen, whether it's going to be a great show, average or whatever, just go in with a, a clean slate. Um, I really just want to see the band continue to, to play like they've been doing this summer uh, and free-formed, uh, happy, and just uh, have the shows go on. Um, so... We'll see. I'm just, uh, I just want the shows to happen and to keep the momentum going that's uh, been going on this year. There it is. Scott, last question for you. Do you have the notebook on you? Yes. Can, can you show the fans the notebook while all the stats happen? For people listening later, I'll describe it. It's blue. So this is the, the new notebook that I uh, started uh, Friday, which has a, a set list that people actually can read and then... That's a bunch of notes that nobody can read that I turn into <laughs> stuff later on. So it's uh, like little little things that happen during the show I'll jot down uh, that I might not tweet about, or if I have no service like that here, then I'm definitely not tweeting about. Um, but I've been doing it since Radio City back in 2000 uh, for over 300 shows in the journals, and it's kind of nice to have the set list, the notes of like what happened before, during, and after the shows to look back on uh, years and, and decades later. Um, so it's a very special thing when you've spent almost a year of your life uh, following a band and uh, everything that's happened before, during, and after, and then the friends that you, you're blessed to have met over the years. Thank so you. Uh, yeah, thanks, Scott. It's people like Scott, Benji, Craig, that we at Undermine draw from for information. As you can tell, these guys have so much fish information, and it makes us look smart. So. Thank you, guys. And uh, is there one more from... Well, I just want to say thank you, Scott, for all of your work for the Mockingbird Foundation and Fishnet and all of the fish community. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Um, one thing Thanks, I Scott. just want to add, which has been really special for me and for Mockingbird, we started an idea uh, at the start of the tour where people are going to make pledges based on the, the, the jams. Uh, so like a 20-minute jam, someone would donate 20 bucks. And uh, I think we're up to 12 jams and uh, going to be at least $250, $275 from this summer alone. And um, we've gotten a lot of support from the community. I, I had tweeted uh, after the Soul Planet that I was going to donate $40 and asked if people wanted to match. And all of a sudden I had a good $300 of tweets uh, from people that had put screenshots of their donations to Mockingbird. And it's such a fantastic generous community that we have here and i just wanted to say thank you for anybody that's listening and we were so so thankful thank you all and i will join in the chorus of thank you scott yeah thanks so much all right thanks scott and all right we're gonna wrap it up here in a minute with the winner is this um, where we smoke shift cannabis? <laughs> no, that was supposed to start a long time ago. <laughs> where is uh, where's Brian Welker? Brian Welker from Shift Cannabis is going to join us to wrap up the event and to tell us the winner of the Vegas contest. Brian, how are you, my man? I'm great, hey, Brian. thank you. Hey, guys. Good to see you. Thank you for having us here. It's amazing. Thank you. Amazing. We're, we're super excited to give away a trip to Vegas. Let's do it. Brian yeah. is uh, Brian runs marketing at Shift Genuine Cannabis, and Brian is uh, what brought HF Pod back. Thank you so much for the work that you did yeah, with totally. that. We love working with you. And why don't we do it? We've been running this contest for the last couple of weeks. Who yeah. is going to Vegas? His name is Charles Weaver. Anybody know Charles Weaver? His name is Charles Weaver. We did not expect him to be here, but uh, he's a winner. Come on. Congratulations, he's a winner, Charles. Charles. Charles is a winner. Hey, can we give him, get a big cheer for Charlie? I think that's Bob's brother. Woo! Yes. It's actually Bob Weaver. It's his, brother. It's his cousin. It's Bob's cousin. Brian, as a fish fan, what, what are your thoughts on this tour so far in a couple sentences? I saw uh, Arkansas, Atlanta, Nashville, and, of course, Dix, and it's been amazing. I mean, if you don't like it, don't go and save the ticket for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, right there. That's it. Yeah. All right, well, thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us throughout the afternoon. We really appreciate it. We love your support. We love you, we love you all. Thank you so much for listening, commenting, reviewing, everything about every uh, podcast that we make over at Osiris Media. And, yeah, and thanks to the Dude of Life and Andy Greenberg yeah, for making you, us look cooler than we are. 
Thank you if so you much. Have a, if you have a Honda Civic, it's being towed, so you might want to go to your driver. <laughs> Come say hi. Thank you guys so much. See you guys next time. Have a great show. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street.